smell what the rock is cooking. Hey, welcome back to uh, Rock Starring. Uh, it's been a little bit since we've been here, but uh, we're still with you. Yeah, that's mostly my fault. Sorry. Well, well, we'll get into that in a second, but this is Eric. This is Megan. Uh, we got some basic stuff to take care of, and then some more stuff related to this video, and then we'll actually do the audio for it. Uh, first, we're going to go ahead and say that we're sorry we've been gone, but um, partly because of uh, visitors we've had at the house. Yeah. Um, and partly because of, you know, the protests and stuff out there, we didn't think it was right to do a, a fun podcast about movies and stuff like that. It just didn't feel quite right. We weren't in the right headspace, no, I guess is the right way to put it. <laughs> so we went ahead and took a little mini break. Um, I did do a guest appearance on our buddy's um, podcast, um, uh, Dead Bat, which I'll give them another shout out. Um, and they were very nice to have me on. We talked about a lot of different stuff, uh, Mass Effect, uh, the Justin, uh, the Justice League, Snyder Cut. Uh, Megan was not able to attend because it was kind of a last minute thing. She was at work at the time. Yeah, I was, I was working all day that day. <laughs> but if you miss my sultry voice, you could listen to that. <laughs> um, and thanks again, guys, for having us on if you ever listen to this podcast. Uh, number two, um, like I said, we were out of this because of the, the protests, but that doesn't mean they've ended. It also doesn't mean COVID has ended. We know things are still pretty bad out there, but things are a little less bad right now. At least we're not having, you know, cops beating people on the can on television every five minutes. So we are we're gonna go ahead and get back to this because we did promise we would do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, uh, in regards to the movie we're gonna be reviewing today, um, first of all, neither of us really loved this film. Uh, no, it's not really. Not particularly great. There's some good things in it, but it's not overall that great. Uh, it ends pretty strong, but it doesn't really it have the rest of the movie's not worth it. Not really great, but we also have to admit that we promised we wouldn't watch if we were going to do a sequel, we wouldn't do the original movie unless we'd already seen it. We wouldn't watch it specifically for this unless The Rock was also in it. Yeah. So um, this movie is actually the sequel to Get Shorty, which both Megan and I have heard of, but we never actually saw. I feel like we missed a lot of references in this movie because of not seeing the first movie, which, to be fair, that's just how the nature of watching sequels and not the first movie. To be true. Uh, but there is a benefit to this and a drawback. The drawback is we don't really get exactly what they're referencing. Uh, for example, and we'll get into this in more detail when we cover the movie, but Danny DeVito is cameoed throughout this movie. But it's not about him in the slightest. No, he's on the cover, but like he's not important. <laughs> but I know from the first Get Shorty movie, the original Get Shorty, he's on the cover of that. And I'm, getting, I, I'm curious if that means that in the original movie, Danny DeVito was the main character, but John Travolta's character of... Um, Chili Palmer was the big breakout star character, so they made it about him in the sequel. I'm thinking more along the lines of it, it's like Danny DeVito was trying to break out, and then John Travolta's character helped him, and they decided to continue this saga. It was music, well, just the but... way that he he cameos in this, the Danny DeVito cameos in this, it feels like either an obligation because he was the focus of the first movie. Or it feels like a reference to the fact that, um, like, either this was his exact same role in Get Shorty, where he was just randomly in cameos while John Travolta was looking for him or something like that, 
or this is an obligation that he has to be in this movie because he well, was the main he, character in the first was, movie. It says at the end credits that he also produced this film. So well, That doesn't mean anything. Danny DeVito isn't one of those people who demands attention in a movie just because he produced it. He's, he's a pretty know, decent just, creator. I know, I'm just saying that, like... If he didn't want to be in this movie, he didn't have to be, I don't think. Well, I know, but I mean, like, that's my point. Was it an obligation from the fan base that liked to get shorty because he was in the first movie? Like, a lot? Or is it that they felt, but they couldn't figure out how to work him into the story, so they just had him cameo a lot? Or is it that he legitimately was the focus of the first movie, and having him in this one is more of a joke to the fans? Oh, well, he's still in it, but what's mainly about John Travolta's character this time. Honestly, I don't know because we haven't seen the first. No, I, I will have to check out Get Shorty. I've heard good things about it from a lot of my friends. It's it's been it's a cult hit. From I'm what sure I understand. it's a lot better than this film. Which yeah, this one has a five point six. I said on IMDb, I think, and then the first one has like a, a, a one one and a half stars more, I believe. Um, yeah, five point six on IMDb, and it it, it earns that five point six rating. Uh, um, I think it might be a little. <laughs> like I said, if you cut Vince Vaughn out, this movie's a lot better. But we'll get... We'll, the, Even that, then, it still wouldn't have been good. <laughs> no, but I su- sequester him. He literally is the worst part. Yeah, but we'll get, we'll, get a, we'll get to all that in a minute. Okay. Uh, but first off, I just want to say we did not see Get Shorty. So if we are spoiling anything for Get Shorty, or if we, give it, if we have any theories about Get Shorty and it turns out to be right or wrong... We apologize. That's not the goal. We are not aiming we're to We're here for The Rock. We're not here for just mm. any old movie, apparently. No, we're not here for... We're here for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You um, should have done Star Trek instead. What is wrong with us? <laughs> he was in Star Trek. We did Star Trek, Megan. Yeah. It was his first. It was our first podcast. You know what I mean. You know it. And by the way, he is still credited as The Rock. We haven't got to Dwayne The Rock Johnson yet. I actually think his next movie... Might be the first time he's called Dwayne The Rock Johnson in the credits. Um, the only other credit he's had so far is as Dwayne Johnson as the mugger. So we still... <laughs> the mugger! <laughs> long shot. In long shot. Which this movie did remind me a lot of, in a lot of ways. In some ways it did, because of the music artist and all that stuff. It was so strange. No, I, I take it back. He is also The Rock in that one. The first one's The Southland Tales as Dwayne Johnson. Wonderful. No, but we saw the end credits for Long Shot, and it said Dwayne Johnson. In yeah, and I'm just saying Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, doesn't hurt until Gridiron Gang, so we're not there yet. No, not quite yet. But anyway, all right, so... Let's get to Be Cool. As we mentioned, Be Cool is the sequel to um, Get Shorty. And through cultural osmosis, what I know of Get Shorty is that it compares the mafia lifestyle. Because from what we understand, John Travolta's character of Chili Palmer is a former hitman for the mob. And apparently he went to, to Hollywood on a hit, I guess, and found he was naturally good at being a Hollywood mogul. So he just stayed out there. And the movie is supposed to compare the Hollywood industry specifically the filmmaking industry, to the mafia rule. And you mentioned that there's actually really good reasons why yeah, that comparison works. there's connections and comparisons. There's actually direct mafia into influence for the movie like The Godfather and everything like that. So there is actual historical evidence of the mafia and the movies. Yeah, and <laughs> Godfather sounds... came out during the, the Hollywood golden era, the beginning of it. You yeah, know, Jaws, Star Wars, 60s, and 70s, then yeah, yeah, Star 70s. Wars... The big three were Stars, Star Wars, Godfather, and Jaws showed people yeah. how to make big blockbuster films. Yeah. And they just became constant for a while there. And then 
Hollywood got lazy in the 90s and incestuous with their hiring. And then, uh, speaking of... Um, uh, Calm down. Well, just as an aspiring writer myself, it bothers the crap out of me that I can't get anywhere with my career. But that's me whining. It's not anybody who's listening to this podcast problem. Okay, so... Like, so getting back to this, the first yeah. movie is about is apparently about how the mafia lifestyle is very, very similar to the Hollywood in- infrastructure. Yeah. The system of Hollywood. And um, this movie is supposedly about, I guess, the implication is that this is supposed to be kind of gang warfare comparing to the music industry in Hollywood. Which is kind of unfortunately done. It's yeah. not very well done in this. The best part of this yeah. is uh, Cedric. Cedric. It's Cedric the Cedric. Entertainer. Cedric, I always say Cedric, and it bothers the crap out of Megan. So <laughs> however it's correctly pronounced, I've said it both ways. Okay. <laughs> but Cedric the Entertainer. Mr. Mr. He was surprisingly the best part of this film. Well, Mr. the Entertainer. <laughs> Mr. Uh, <laughs> the dude the Entertainer, that guy. <laughs> Mr. the Entertainer, uh, since I can't seem to say his first name correctly. Um, he is the best analogy, but it's also the most racist because he leads a gang of... of black guys. Black, big, most of them big muscular black guys with, with bejeweled guns. Uh, <laughs> they, they literally do like a montage of showing them at one point when they pan across their yeah. back and they've got nothing but really... Say hi to his daughter while yeah. hiding their bejeweled guns. Yeah, they're custom, they're custom guns. But anyway, and they're also a band, uh, which is... Uh, I guess they're supposed to kind of like be like G-Unit, but they're not G-Unit. Well, I think it's meant to be a reference to NWO, because they, they have the same three-letter thing. It's uh, Total World Domination, TWD. Ah, I That's what they refer to themselves as. So I think it's supposed to be an NWO reference. Yeah, it, it could be a reference to any kind of like... Yes, uh, it's it's confusing. Two thousand five was a weird year in music. Mm-hmm. It's actually one of my favorite years of music, but it also had a lot of weirdness. It was it's still very much a transitional year for music. Mm-hmm. So. But in in reference to <laughs> Ced, Cedric, Mister the Entertainer's uh, storyline, it is the most logical flow between gangs and the music industry, but it's also the most racist as a result of it because it's nothing but black guys acting like gangsters. Yeah, um, but it also is still the best part. It's still the best part. Him and his crew made up, including of, uh, what's his name from? Uh, Andre 3000. Andre 3000. The band. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. They were, they did, uh, what, Hey Y'all and uh, Roses. Yeah, they did a couple. The real actor's name is Andre Benjamin. Yeah. But he goes by Andre 3000. Um, He's from Atlanta, Georgia. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were a Georgia band. Doesn't mention which his um, his bio on IMDb. Outcast. Not... Outcast, yes. Jeez. With a K. Yeah, Outcast. with a K. They had some of the best songs. Uh, this actually, this movie, we'll get to the actual <laughs> plot in a minute, but it is it is a very confusing plot. Uh, the actual, this movie the has... the only one whose plot I can follow yeah. in the entire movie. This movie does have a lot of... Boring stars who are both rising and falling. And uh, it's got Uma Thurman, Danny DeVito, a recurring character, uh, John Travolta, Vince Vaughn, Dwayne Johnson, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then it has, like, tons of other cameos. And the main focus is Christina... Milian. Milian, who plays the character of Linda Moon, which is a terrible name. Yeah. Uh, and she is... um Not good. No, uh, well, okay, the, we'll get to the movie in proper now. Okay. The movie starts with uh, James Woods, which, ugh, but James yeah. Woods, 
he's he's apparently from the first movie, I guess, and he's pitching to John Travolta, who is running a movie company, a movie idea he wants to make, which is about yeah. James Wood's life, where he's found a young, talented actress, and he's going to help her make uh, become a big star. And then immediately after that, uh, he even mentions in the movie, in his pitch, it has everything, including gangsters and like Russian, Russian mafia. mafia. And everything. then immediately, immediately after that, John Travolta says, I got to go pee. And he starts walking away. And as soon as he's halfway away from the table, a mafia gangster pops out of a car and starts shooting James Woods until he's dead. Uh, and then they, the next scene is the cop showing up asking John Travolta if he did this on purpose. And he goes, no, the guy was pitching a movie to me. Why would I, why would I cut him out? Like, you can't make it about him. You can't make a movie where the main character dies in the first scene. And then they start listing off a ton of movies that did that that were Feels really like good. A reference. Yeah, this movie does have just, it's not quite fourth wall breaking, but it's like 3.5. Like, it gets really close to admitting it's a movie about... Yeah. Because the whole plot is literally in its bare and bones. Casino, which is something I'd rather be watching than this movie, honestly. Mm -hmm. But what the point I'm getting is that James Wood's pitch is the exact bare plot of this movie. Yeah, which it's is foreshadowing, but it's not. Well, great. John Travolta admits that he doesn't have a story. What he has is a setting and some characters. Yeah. And a basic pitch. What they need is an actual plot. And that's when James Wood gets gunned down. And that's where the basic plot is, is around the mafia and the... The, the, the dead guy. The dead of. guy and, and the, the, the gangsta lifestyle of, of the music industry, I guess. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not very well it's done. It's a very loose plot. It's very loose. Uh, the basic premise is that James Woods ran a, a, a music studio called, what, TW, TLC or it something? It was like, like NTL or NTL, something. that was it. And um, he apparently ran the books into the ground and didn't tell anybody. A lot of people money. He owed a lot of people money, but he found a young up-and-coming singer named Linda Moon who um, he believed would get them out of it. Mm -hmm. And the plan was to get her... But she's currently under contract to Vince Vaughn as part of a trio of a, a group called The Chicks. And they're supposed to be like... Exactly as feminist as you expect. Yeah. They're supposed to be like Innocents or Pussycat Dolls or um, any of the other girl groups like, that were popping up right then. Yeah, there was a lot of girl groups that were like... They were trying to do the girl band thing the way the boy band thing was a thing, but it didn't really take off as much. No. Spice Girls was probably the biggest success, and that was in the 90s. Yeah. This is 2005. But in any event, um, so... John Travolta finds out about this. He decides to, to do his part to fulfill, I guess, his friend's wish. And he also finds... Uma Thurman is James Woods' ex-wife. She's wasted in this film. She really is. Um, but she, she wants to run the business on her own, even though she ends up relying entirely on John Travolta to fix everything. I know, right? And then John Travolta <laughs> finds out about Linda Moon and goes to check her out and listens to her do a song. And they do a, a rendition of some 70s song. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. That movie's just such a mess. Yeah. It was it was an older song. And then, well, then we have, what we have is a, a good, fairly good opening here, where John Travolta feels really bad for her. She pitches her, her sob story, which is that she came out to Hollywood from Texas to be a singer, and she's got the talent and the drive and the look and everything you'd want. And she's got a contract, but... But she's got a bad con a contract with a bad company that doesn't care about her. And then the movie takes... Up till now, the movie's been passable. Not necessarily great, but passable. The movie nosedives, because this is when we introduce Vince Vaughn's character. Who is 
I can't remember the character's awful. name. I just wanted him dead the whole damn movie. fucking awful. I kept waiting for him to catch fire the entire film. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for you. Lucky for me. <laughs> Ra- Raji is the name he goes by, and he is playing the most aggravating version of a spoiled white guy pretending to be street I have ever seen. I've seen this caricature done more than once, and I've never liked it. Never. I've never hated it as much as I have in this movie. No, I've never hated a character more in a film. Who oh, I've hated even... more characters, but I've... Yeah, but I've never hated a character this much, and then, like, it turned, like, he's not even the main bad guy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. He's not even the worst guy in the film. He just seems like the worst guy in the film. Well, here's the thing. Vince Vaughn, when this movie came out, was 35, which means he was 33 at the bare minimum when they were shooting it. Yeah. Now, the character as written should be about 20 to 25. Yeah. He should be 20 to 25 with shocking blonde hair. at most. 25, in my opinion, at the yeah. times, because he's Maybe such an idiot. He's such an idiot. Yeah. And he's clearly been up-jumped because he knows the guy who actually runs the record label, not because he has any skill or talent. And his whole point is that he just wants to get laid and get respect. And I'm putting it in those exact phrasing because that's how he always says it. I want respect. Because he's supposed to be street, even though they say multiple times in the movie he's a spoiled little rich kid. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. Yeah, it was so bad. So not good. And he also has uh, Dwayne. Unfortunately, this means we are stuck with Vince Vaughn, and most of the story that revolves around. Okay, Vince Vaughn is bad. Unfortunately, almost every scene involving Dwayne Johnson has Vince Vaughn. Yeah. With Vince Vaughn. So we have no choice but to constantly talk about how much we don't like Vince Vaughn. Um, Because, like, Dwayne actually wasn't bad in this. He didn't get enough, but he was. He wasn't good, but he wasn't. Like, horrible. I think he was underused. It wasn't so much that he was bad. There's a lot of underused characters. Yeah, there's so many, though. There's a ton of characters in this movie. Yeah, and almost all of them are underused. I was saying that this guy was as... Vince Vaughn's character is as annoying as I was afraid... What was his face from Walking Tall? Uh, Johnny Knox. Johnny Knoxville was going to be... Yeah, Johnny Knoxville, yeah. Johnny Knoxville was going to be in Walking Tall. Whereas in Walking Tall, Johnny Knoxville actually surprised me with how good he was. Yeah, how... Relatable. How much he held back his yeah, and he was normal re- personality. And he was genuinely relatable and even likable in that yeah. role. Uh, in this case, yeah, Vince Vaughn just was laying it on. And it just, ugh. So anyway, Vince Vaughn's there and Dwayne Johnson plays his bodyguard who is also an aspiring actor and singer. And it's actually kind of funny. He's also gay and he has an afro. Which is very weird. Um, yeah, I've I, never seen The Rock with an afro before. He doesn't look bad with it, but we weren't just, sure if it's natural or not. I, yeah, we can't. We, we don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I mean, looking back on it, 99% of the roles I've seen Dwayne Johnson play, he's been bald. He's shaved his head. But yeah. I don't know if that's actually what his hair looks like. It looked to me like a wig, but then again, it might not have been. I can't say for certain. I don't know. It was extremely well kept if it was his actual hair, which is logical for the character. Yeah. So the character is uh, gay, and they do occasionally, towards the back end, go into the effeminate thing. I, I, I just gotta say, I, I'm tired of straight people playing gay characters when there was plenty of gay actors. I know, but at least The Rock doesn't overplay it. Like, even when he yeah. had to go effeminate, you can tell he wasn't laying into it. I, I'm, I'm just... This is, I'm just giving context, because I understand that this is 2005, mm-hmm. and they were still doing this, and this is 15 years ago. I'm just 
wish that they wouldn't continue this trend. Oh, I agree. I am 100% with you on this one. There are plenty of gay actors out there who need a job. You don't have to keep hiring the same 50 people to be in everything. I know they're actors. They're supposed to stretch. There's a difference. On that note, I do feel like he wasn't the worst version that... Worst version of this that I have seen. No, not by far. Not by far. No. And because Vince Vaughn made it sh- made sure <laughs> that I would not notice anything bad about this character. <laughs> it also doesn't help that they keep using the F word whenever they talk about him. Not the, the F-U word, the F-A word. I won't say it because it's offensive. But they kept referring to him as that throughout the movie. And they kept acting, even when he wasn't effeminate, like he was playing a useless effeminate guy. Which he wasn't? No, was... even in the few scenes where he does the lip rin- limp wrist acting, even then he wasn't incompetent. No. So it was weird to see them continually refer to him that way. Like there's a scene where a hitman um, gets uh, has earlier said, we'll talk about this when we get to the part this part of the movie, but he mentions that you know he likes to kill people with a bat, and then Vince Vaughn buys a bat and or tells Dwayne Johnson to buy a bat, and Dwayne Johnson's character buys the bat and he ends up getting a metal red one. And the guy, laugh, the hitman laughs at him because, you know, it's you shouldn't let a gay guy get a bat. They're only going to get one that's flashy and stupid. You just need a hard wooden, wooden bat. That's all you need. And I'm like, it's okay. a bat, man. Who fucking cares? It's a fucking bat. Also, I'm willing to bet since Vince Vaughn was wearing red in almost every single damn scene that he demanded it be a red-colored bat if he was going to have one. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so back to the plot of the movie. The core plot has basically two major issues, three if you count the romance. The first issue is getting Linda, Linda Moon out of her contract. Well, I guess, I guess there's th- four if you count getting Linda Moon's career off the ground, but we knew that was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, it was basically getting her contract and getting her famous. Getting her, getting her contract inter- connected. connected so. And then there's um, Mr. The Entertainers, because I'm not going to keep saying his name wrong and having you mad at me. <laughs> uh, him and his crew is owed $300,000 by NTL Records, yeah. and he's demanding the money, and they don't. NTL Records doesn't have any money to cover this. No. So the movie is about finding a way to make sure everybody who's a good guy, which includes uh, Cedric, 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 Cedric the, Cedric the Entertainer. I said it right the first time, damn it. It's going to keep happening. Uh, For Cedric, some reason, he was a good guy. I don't know. He was likable. He was likable. None of, the, uh, none of the other bad guys, none of the other guys that waved guns around were likable. So That's I count him as a good guy in that regard. I'll give you that. Um, so him, it's, it's basically to get the, the contract away from Vince Vaughn and Vince Vaughn's partner, mm-hmm. uh, who's also, almost as bad as Vince Vaughn is. Oh, the Nick dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nick dude. And then, and then there's, there's also evil a, Russians. There's evil Russians who are running an extortion racket, but they don't really matter that much. They're just there as a, as a threat. They're the ones that killed James Woods at the start they're of the They're the ones that kind of start the plot, but like they're not really involved in the plot other than that part. They're just and there. Then, like, they're a plot part. device. Yeah, That's they're a plot device, just like... Christina Milian. Yeah, Linda Moon is just a, a plot that she's basically the MacGuffin of the film. Yeah. Um, so the, the it would take way too long to try to explain all the levels in which they go. So we'll just cover the basics of each move because and what I liked about it. First of all, I like John Travolta's character in this because he delivers every line very very straight laced and very very confident, but you can't tell if he actually knows what he's doing or if he's drunk. Well, no. Or, or tired. Well, I, I would say you can't tell if he knows what he's doing or if he honestly is just making it up as he goes along and he's just that good at improv. You yeah. really can't tell yeah. uh, through the whole movie, which I like. 
Um, two, I did hate the villains <laughs> the way, uh, and I, I get the I understand for anybody who's going to say Vince Vaughn's character was supposed to be annoying. I get that, but he went too far. Well, it isn't just that he's overused. He's yeah. he's he has the exact same problem that Jar Jar Binks has, which is. I don't hate Binks if he was only in, like, two scenes in the whole of the movie. problem is they were in, like, 20 scenes. Yeah, they were constantly brought out in the middle of in that movie. And just seeing that annoying character over and over and over again, it wears you down. You just can't, you can't laugh at their absurdity. No, because it's not funny. No, it's not funny. It's just meant to annoy you. It and wasn't funny the first time I saw it, but I understood where it was coming from. Yeah. Because that was the common humor of the well, not only that, the point was to make you want to see Vince Vaughn get set on fire. Yeah. The problem is you want that by the end of his first scene. Yeah. So you didn't need to keep bringing him back and reminding us how much we're supposed to hate him. Yeah. We get it. We yeah. already hate him. Stop. Yeah. Uh, but I also get the impression that Vince Vaughn was just having a lot of fun. Because they even have an entire scene where the, the Rock is driving... Vince Vaughn's character and he gets a phone call which adds nothing to the plot that you don't already no, know. No, they didn't really need that. But they, he, he calls the, the rock an F word and then gets in, in a homo and then gets the rock gets mad, stops the car, gets out, starts chasing him around and threatening him and then Vince Vaughn's character just keeps talking and talking and talking until he's calmed the rock down. But the way he's saying and what he's saying is just so annoying and... I would have kicked his ass. And yeah, I wanted to kick him more. I wanted him to kick his ass more because the end of it. But... Yeah. Uh, so in the course of the movie, um, it would really would take way too much effort to explain all this. So we're just going to go ahead and say... It's a really long movie. Yeah, it's a really long movie and there's a lot of twists and turns. But the twists and turns aren't like surprises. They're more like things you... You're things like, oh, okay. Things they... Like, okay, they set up early on that Uma Thurman has a tattoo of Aerosmith on her butt. And then they explain... She explains that she actually was uh, the person that washed their clothes was well, on the road when she was really young, which must have been when she was like 15, <laughs> which is kind of creepy. And then it turns out that when they get Linda Moon and they find out Steven Tyler, the lead singer of Aerosmith, is in town, uh, John Travolta pitches to her, why don't we go ahead and have her... Meet with him. Yeah, meet with him and see if we can get him to have her as an opening act for his... She's like, they probably don't remember me. Which really aggravated me because... Uma Thurman's character made it a point of saying she wanted to run the company. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that any music director, any music you know, label... that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, would think of on their own. She didn't need John Travolta to tell her to contact the guy she used to know who's a famous singer. Honestly, this was a chance for her to, like... Because we know that Uma Thurman can play strong characters. So yeah. this was a chance for her to be that. And, like I said, wasted her. Yeah, they had her be the doughy-eyed girl, pretty girl through most of the movie. Um, As in, the, the record label is hers and title, but she doesn't do anything for it. No, through the whole movie, John Travolta never actually becomes a record label runner. Like, she never has him sign he's papers or anything. He's just a manager. Well, even then, he's yeah. never officially a manager. He's, no, he's he basically just, steals this girl. And he's still running his production company to make movies. Yeah. So, the 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 only he's basically helping out Linda Moon out of the goodness of his heart, which is nice. But he never becomes the leader of the company. Yet he makes all the decisions as the leader of that company, yeah. which is very weird. Especially since Uma Thurman should have thought of this stuff. I know. Um, but not only does she, then, especially when they establish that she actually founded that record label, co-founded it. Yeah, co-founded it with James Woods. Yeah, her husband. We don't remember any of the characters' names except for Linda Moon because it's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so forgive Honestly. us. 
Uh, so anyway, we get back to, uh, and I remember John Travolta's because they kept saying it all the time, Chili Palmer. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, it just makes me want to eat chilies. <laughs> so anyway, um, so getting back to the, the logic of this movie. So they set up a butt tattoo. She used to clean for them. He's in town. Let's go meet him and see if we can talk him into it. We happen, she, she buys tickets that happen to get her sitting right next to him at a basketball game, Stephen Tyler. Well, apparently, apparently they showed in the deleted scene that uh, John Travolta's character set it up so that their seats were next to Stephen Tyler. I assume that's what happened anyway. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's, yeah. it, it, she's in the, she talks to him, he remembers her. He, they play some music of Christine Milani, Milian's char- uh, music for him. Linda Moon's character. He's amazing. He's he's impressed. They convince him to think about it. And then when they're on the way home, John Travolta says, we should have them sing a duet. And then, like, all of this stuff happens, but you didn't need that many steps to get us there. No. I think you could have had the butt tattoo and then her mention offhandedly she used to know him. And then she mentions, I think I know where he's going to be. And then they're at the, the, the basketball tournament. And then yeah. while the tournament, she says, I got a brand new uh, thing I need you to listen to. And he goes, really? And then she's next scene is her. He's signed on. He loves her work. He loves her voice. He wants her to do to open it's for him. It's sad when Longshot has a cleaner plot than this movie. <laughs> this movie reminded me a lot of Longshot because there's a lot really of music did. cameos. It just had a bigger budget. That's yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. And actual lead actors I've seen before. Yeah, actual actors. <laughs> they didn't have the torture the torture chair. Oh, oh yeah, the stupid torture oh, chair. Oh, <laughs> no, but they were this close to having one, yeah. I swear. <laughs> they could have had the Russian guy have, have a torture thing in the he back. They could have had a torture chair in his pawn, uh, pawn shop. That's we where it know. ended up. Longshot takes place in the same universe as this. That's where it ended up. That's his cousin. The cops the <laughs> sold it. At auction, and he bought it, and it's currently sitting in the back. Waiting <laughs> to be set up. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the back of their pawn shop. So anyway, so like I said, the the story is very loosely plotted. Um, suffice it to say, I'm not going to go through the effort of trying to lay out every single no, plot point. No, because it's not that interesting. It's not worth the watch, really. Yeah. So the the we will. I'll, Let's I'll just say, get to the good parts. <laughs> yeah. So throughout the movie, uh, we'll also talk about the Rock's character. In, in throughout the movie, he's been the Rock has had to deal with, uh, has been trying to get a movie, um, a movie audition with Chili Palmer. Yeah. And has been dealing with Vince Vaughn as because he's his bodyguard, his driver, and he's always he's hoping Vince Vaughn's character will finally give him a chance to break out. Yeah. Which, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and it ends it ends up with a scene that's actually pretty funny where the the Rock is being told to break into Chili Palmer's house. And for some reason, everybody that breaks into Chili Palmer's house to kill him, there's like four. They turn on the, the, the music, music or the TV. The music or the TV for to announce their reasons. presence. <laughs> so uh, as soon as he comes in, uh, Dwayne Johnson tries to hit Chili Palmer in the face, John Travolta's character, and then John with Travolta a with a bat, and then ta- Chili John Travolta talks him down, and he says, uh, "Can you do your audition for me?" And he does he does a couple lines from Bring It On, where he plays both characters. Oops. <laughs> Which you're not supposed to do. No. John Travolta even mentions that. Yeah. And then um, he says, well, leave the, the music video here and you go ahead. And the music video is really dumb, but we'll have to cover that later. We'll cover that later. We'll cover it at the end of this they video. They actually put the whole music video on the as Blu-ray. an extra feature. And 
It's actually on YouTube. Please yeah, look it up. We'll talk about it in a minute. But I know. Hang on. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Don't give everything away, though. That so, movie's um, just so... Oh, earlier, <laughs> earlier than that, he, he leaves the bat behind. I think that's how John Travolta's character gets a hold of it. But yeah, earlier than that, uh, there was a hitman hired to kill Chili Palmer. Killed the wrong dude. Killed the wrong dude. I got the, one of the Russian guys that was in there to kill Chili Palmer. He killed him instead. And then he disre- that, that hitman disrespects um, Vince Vaughn, so Vince Vaughn beats him to death with the bat. That's why he had the metal well, bat. he starts choking, and then Vince Vaughn takes it as an opportunity to beat this guy up. No, and he, then he dies because of a red flamboyant bat, I guess. It's, I don't know. It's dumb. It's but, stupid. It's nine-numbing. It's not necessary. <laughs> so uh, that happened. And then we get to the part where... Um, uh, so flash forward, flash forward, flash forward. Basically, even though Chili Palmer has been acting like he's the manager of Linda Moon, he still doesn't have her contract. And even though uh, the guys who actually have the contract could theoretically go to the police and just give them, show them that they have the contract and block any move that Linda Moon would have, they're allowing her to go ahead and do her performances. I know, right? Uh, where she's going to star with Aerosmith, I guess. They want her to do something for him, but it doesn't work. And then they find out, the, the contract guys find out the Russians want to kill Chili Palmer, so they arrange to have him show up at their place, and it doesn't work because he just gives... the. Uh, uh, the guy who has the contract for Linda Moon says that he gave it to uh, the police. He gave it to the pawn shop, so he had to go to that pawn shop to get it, and that's where the Russians are. Mm-hmm. But Chili Palmer's smart enough to know that that's a setup. Anybody would. <laughs> I don't know why they thought this was brilliant. Yeah, it was a dumb setup because mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh yeah, this is an obvious trap." Yeah, <laughs> and then they drop off the uh, the bat at that same pawn shop, yeah, the one that he used to kill the hitman. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else, and then um, and then it's Ced- like a three D chess move. Yes, <laughs> Cedric move. Cedric the Entertainer's crew keeps bugging um, Chili Palmer for the money, and then finally Vince Vaughn, who wants to make a move on taking over his own uh, music empire, he wants to get his partner killed. Yeah, calls up Cedric the Entertainer and with talks. His own- with his own cell phone and talks street with him and insults him and says that uh, the Nick guy wants to, to cut him out, that he's got his money. Yeah. And Cedric just looks at his phone and checks the, the, the who the last call was, then calls him back, and he answers it, oh, hey, this is Reggie. And <laughs> the look on Cedric's face was great. He's like, this mofo. <laughs> he's such an idiot. <laughs> so then he shows up at the at Nick's... Um, he shows up at Nick's uh, studio... studio. With his entire crew, and they kick Vaughn's ass, and they hang him off the building, and then the Russians show up, uh, and to in order to get uh, because they they it uh, it turned out that like I said the ticket to what was supposed to be Linda Moon's contract at that that uh, particular was picked up by the police. Yeah, he gave it to the police in order for them to go see what what was in the uh, the envelope, which turns out to be nothing. Turned out to be nothing, but But anyway, he. He arranged it so that it would get picked up by somebody who wasn't who they, they couldn't risk killing. Yeah. And he was rude. The the guy who picked up the thing from the the Russians was a black uh, police officer, and he the the Russian guy was very rude to him. And that is picked up here where he walks in with his guys and a bunch of guns, and he refers several times to Cedric the Entertainer as the N word. Yeah. Which I am definitely blatant, not going to say. He is blatantly racist. racist. And Cedric the Entertainer. And we're just like. 
Um, yeah, and, Cedric, and even there in the movie, like, uh, sorry. It's okay. Uh, and Cedric the Entertainer has, at this point, one of the greatest speeches in film history. It's really good. I'm probably going to include it uh, somewhere around here. I mean, how is it that you can disrespect a man's ethnicity when you know we've influenced nearly every facet of white America, from our music to our style of dress, not to mention your basic imitation of our sense of cool. Walk, talk, dress, mannerisms. We enrich your very existence, all the while contributing to the gross national product through our achievements in corporate America. It's these conceits that comfort me when I'm faced with the ignorant, cowardly, bitter, and bigoted who have no talent, no guts, People like you who desecrate things they don't understand when the truth is you should say thank you, man, and go on about your way. Okay, that's probably, you probably just heard it. Um, where it's a speech about um, the nature of black people in America and how they've been oppressed, but yet every other culture has been influenced by them in America. In America. Yeah. And it's so prevalent for right now. <laughs> yes. And it's sad to think this was written 15 years ago for a fairly and bad movie. by Cedric the Entertainer, who was out of the four, like, like, everybody remembers the Kings of Comedy special. Out of the four, he was probably the most PG out of all of them. And yet, that was his most prescient thing he's ever said, I think. Yeah, it's sad that it's wasted on this particular movie, because it's it, not it a very good movie. It is wasted on this movie. So, um... Like everything else in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so, uh... So, after that, uh, Nick can... The, the Cedric just, Cedric's boys gunned down, like, two of the Russian dudes... And, uh, <laughs> I love it. It was funny. Yeah, <laughs> he Nick it. Yeah, Nick convinces Cedric that uh, Chili Palmer actually has his money. So he takes his men and he leaves. He leaves Vince Vaughn alive. We were both hoping he would drop him off the building. Didn't happen. Didn't sadly. happen. Um, and then... He lived to see another day. Yeah. He is really annoying in this movie. I can't He's stress like enough. He's a cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Excuse my language, but he is. <laughs> yeah, and then after that scene uh, is, I think, the Aerosmith, uh, the big Aerosmith scene. Yeah. Where Aerosmith, up to this point, has been in the background, but they actually do a concert where uh, Linda Moon co-sings with him, and it's the big start of her career. Yeah. And then in the background, the, the fourth plot element that we didn't talk about was that there's been a growing relationship between Uma Thurman's character and John Travolta's. I didn't care. I didn't <laughs> I mean, it was nice to see them get together, but I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't I like, I it, want them together so badly. Honestly, I was like, whatever. It was just like a giant reference to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> well, I don't think they ever hooked up in Pulp Fiction. No, but I'm just saying, like, they had a scene where it was a reference to Pulp Fiction, though. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then. Um, Oh, come on. And then after that is when Nick makes his last gasp attempt to get. Uh, Linda Moon back and to finally kill Chili Palmer where he has Vince Vaughn's character and the Dwayne Johnson's character there and he says we're going to kill Uma Thurman and you and I want Linda Moon's contract so he oh, gives yeah, when they're filming the uh, music video, music video. Uh, which by the way has a Seth Green cameo that's so quick I would barely count it as a cameo yeah it was <laughs> just like gone <laughs> yeah it's actually kind of funny because the cadence he uses reminds me a lot of some of the youtube videos i've seen recently but yeah. it's it's kind of weird um this so is, 2005 yeah no this was um after the scene where 
Oh, well, we'll mention that in a minute. The, okay. The, the answering machine thing. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Where, okay, so then uh, Nick leaves to get the contract back because uh, Chili says that he gave he put it in a, a, the same pawn shop. Yeah, just for irony's sake. Just for irony's sake. He doesn't think there's anything quested about this, which is stupid. Yeah. And then um, Chili gets, um, convinces, he, um, okay, so I think Elliot is the name of Dwayne Johnson's character. I'm not sure, because we know him as... Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> yeah, Elliot Wilhelm is the character's name. Yeah. So Elliot uh, is there with a gun, and Vince Vaughn's like, come on, we got to go put this out. And earlier, Vince Vaughn went to Elliot's uh, little shabby, uh, what are those called? Trailer? Trailer. And, apartment, something like that. Yeah, and deleted a uh, voice message on his answering machine where Will, uh, Chili Palmer had actually gotten him an audition with... Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman movie. A Nicole Kidman movie. And um, he also has, uh, I guess, a two-way is what they're called, where with, back in the 2005 era, they, they do this great thing where they advertise the T-Mobile, what was it called? Uh, I can't even remember, but it was some sort of T-Mobile product. Yeah, they connected to your voice messaging system, so that way it would, like... like if you get a voice message at home... It, it would send you the, the like text the of text it. Like the text version of it, yeah. Yeah, as best as it could tell, which is kind of funny. And he couldn't use it properly. So uh, when he gets, uh, uh, Chili Palmer's like, I sent you a message. Why didn't you, like, respond? And he goes, I did not. He goes, yeah, I sent one. It, it should be on your two-way. And uh, uh, Uma Thurman goes over there and says, here, I'll, like, I'll show, you how, I'll to show you how to do it. And he does it, and he checks, checks it. And, yeah, he has an audition with Nicole Kidman Thursday at 3. Uh, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday at 3. Like, that matters. It <laughs> matters. It's <laughs> the only thing that matters, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, so he real he puts together really really quickly that Vince Vaughn deleted his message. It, yeah. In the deleted scene, they actually show after Vince Vaughn deleted his message was is when, basically when that scene ends. But it shows that in the original version of that scene, Dwayne Johnson comes in right after that, and so he figures out that this guy did that at that point. Yeah. As it is now, we never know if Dwayne Johnson ever actually saw Vince Vaughn in his apartment. So why would he assume Vince Vaughn deleted it? Yeah, but like now we know because of the deleted scene yeah. that he convinced him that Chili would never, never do that. Never for him. keep the promise to get him a, a scene. Yeah. So then, um, <laughs> so he realizes that he did that. So instead, um, uh, Elliot, uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, sides with Chili Palmer and Uma Thurman's character. And then Vince Vaughn, uh, he, he, I guess, goes for the gun that goes off and shoots some fireworks. And yeah. then the fireworks, because they're at the they're at the filming of the music video for one of uh, Linda Moon's big hits. That was and there was, was fire was everywhere. Yeah, the, it was produced by Cedric the Entertainer's crew. Oh, we forgot about that. There was a, after his scene after the oh, Aerosmith yeah. <laughs> after the Aerosmith scene, uh, the Aerosmith concert scene. Uh, Uma Thurman and John Travolta hook up, and then yeah. they wake up in the middle of the night with. Because Cedric showed up with his gang and wants his money, even though they, he's supposed to have another day. And he's playing Bob Dylan. He's playing a Bob Dylan song. And um, he, John Travolta's like, look, look, you're a music producer. You can shoot me after you're done, but you got to listen to this first. And they plays him uh, one, of her, one of Linda Moon's recordings, and it really speaks to Cedric. So he's like, no, no, okay, I'll produce it. I'll add in some blues music, some background pumps. Give it some... Flair. Give it some flair, and then we'll release it with a, a co-producer credit for me on the back, and I'll kick up some money on the back end, and of course, you still owe me that $300,000. And they go, we're fine with that. 
And uh, so, and then he's actually the one uh, that says, you know, who would be great to direct her music video for this would be Shotgun, would be Shotgun, which is Seth Green's character. But he goes, but he'll never do it. The man's the Rembrandt of, of music video filming. So no, the Stanley Kubrick, yeah. Stanley Kubrick of music videos. He goes, and then um, John, John Travolta says he was the he was a PA on uh, Get Lost, which is the fir- which is this universe's version of Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he was a PA on Get Get Lost. I can get him for this without I question. Can get him. And then immediately cuts to Seth Green directing her music yeah. video. So anyway, the the music video has fire and like uh, like they're Chinese all, dresses. They're all wearing like the Chinese gowns and stuff. Yeah, or, or and the, there's fire everywhere. And yeah, stairs. And so when the the gun dancing. Yeah, and when the gun goes off and hits the fireworks, one of the fireworks hits Vince Vaughn and sets him on fire, and he runs into the middle of one of the shoots right and down the center to of the be stage. Doing the same moves that yeah. they're dancing to. Yeah, as he's trying to put the fire out, it looks like he's dancing in scene with the rest of them, like he twirls with them. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and then they leave it's it in apparently. In the, yeah, it's very <laughs> satisfying. And apparently they leave it in the music video because it's immediately cuts from there. Uh, well, there cuts to Nick trying to get the the contract, Linda Moon's contract from the pawn shop. And it turns out that it, what he actually gets is the bat that was used to kill that hitman. And so he's arrested for that. Murder. Yeah, because the cops walk in right after that and then see him and, and arrest him. And then it cuts right from there to what we thought was the music video being aired, but in fact is a MTV Music Awards performance yeah. of that music video, where Linda Moon is one of the four people up for Remember the MTV Music Awards? Remember how important they were? And they even got Fred Durst. Fred Durst is in that shot. Fred Durst made a cameo. Yeah, but the funny thing is, in the final movie, he doesn't have a damn line. I didn't know he's Fred Durst until we... Is that Fred Durst? Until we looked up his photo? But it turns out that in the deleted scenes, he did have lines where he was trying to get a duo... A duet. A duet with Linda Moon, because apparently her career has been going on for a while. This is her second one that she's up for. Yeah. Second MTV award she's up for. Uh, But anyway... Apparently this is her first solo album, but like... It's been doing really well over the year. Yeah, um, and uh, they oh they they have Dwayne Johnson uh, doing a dance in the front of the music yeah, the performance. He's, he's doing, doing the a, full Samoan dance. Yeah, he's doing in his, the grass yeah. skirt and everything. It's so great. Um, we he could looks not almost tell. like his character from Moana, but without uh, the hair. <laughs> or or the end of uh, 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 the Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Uh, I, I do have to say, we were not sure between the afro, the goatee, and the obvious levels of bronzer on The Rock. We were not sure if, if he was... he just was really tan. If he was a really tan Samoan or if they were actually having him be black. Uh, and we were really worried he was going to be black. But apparently, based on his dance at the end and in the deleted and, scene... And the movie poster. In the movie po- there's Okay, there's a movie poster. We'll get to that in a second. But there's in the deleted scene with Vince Vaughn where he's erasing the, mem- the, the voice message, yeah. he refers repeatedly to Dwayne Johnson being Samoan. Yeah. And then there's the dance in this thing. And then at the very end of the movie, we see that he has actually gotten the part with Nicole Kidman. And it's called, what? Sam- Samoan Lover? Samoan Lover. <laughs> and it looks like a bad romance novel was, cover. Yeah, it's really badly show- photoshopped. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's so so funny. Uh, So anyway, she wins the uh, the MTV Music Award because we all know that was the begin all and end all of success yeah. in 2005. But, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Actually, the MTV Music Awards in 2005 are really good, I remember. Well, of course, Linda Moon was involved. Didn't you see that? She she wasn't. 
that was a good year too. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer is there, and his crew are all in white. White suits. It was great. It was great. By the way, we should mention that even though the rest of his crew are obviously very, very street, like they all got the tattoos and they're huge and muscular, with the exception of Andre 3000, who's also got tattoos, but he's not big and muscular, Cedric the Entertainer lives in a nice house in a nice neighborhood. He like He's part of the, the, the neighborhood watch. Yeah, he's, he <laughs> makes pancakes for his daughter every morning. Yeah. And <laughs> it's great seeing him. His like, wife's successful, too. She's yeah. got work. She's, bu- she's a business lady. It's great. It's really fun. Like, it's such a disconnect, and I love it. Yeah, it's great. He, <laughs> only Cedric the Entertainer could walk that line. Almost trying to shoot my foot. <laughs> like, like, he just wants to shoot someone the entire time. Andre 3000, yeah. to clarify. Andre 3000. Yeah, Andre 3000's character, which, what was it, like... Uh, Dabu. Dabu, yeah. He just wants to shoot someone the entire time. He's like, I never get to shoot anyone. And then at the end of the movie, when uh, they're having the conversation about Linda Moon, the gun... Because there's a running gag where Dabu's gun continually goes off because he doesn't know how to use it, right? Yeah. And so at the end of the movie, he goes, you know, you know, it goes off when they're all talking and nobody's in trouble. And he goes, and he goes, you don't got to say it. You don't got to say it here. Don't give me a gun no more. Don't even give me a gun. Don't even give me a gun. And then later he's drinking tea with his pinky, but he's also lifting the glass with the gun. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> in the, one of the deleted, oh no, it was the gag reels, which was yeah. really funny, where um, uh, Uma Thurman goes down during that scene and, and out of 2000 is drinking... Tea and she like One she has a bottle. Two. One lump or two. Quit jumping ahead of the joke. <laughs> I gotta set it up. So he's that drinking tea. He, yes, it is. He's drinking tea, and she has a bottle. And she says, "Oh, great, we got a deal." And then he, she like cheers with him, and he he yeah. clinks their glasses. And then she's about to take a swig, and she goes, "One lump or two? And then Andre three thousand looks behind her at her butt, and he goes, two. See a bolt right out laughing. <laughs> Apparently, also, like, the gun had actually gone off by accident during the shoot. shoot, Obviously, it was blanks. Obviously, it was blanks. And then, like, Cedric, the entertainer's like, trying to... Always trying to shoot my foot. Always trying to shoot my foot. It was so funny, the fact that they rolled with it. Speaking of my lumps, um, uh, we also had a a cameo earlier by the Black Eyed Peas. There's a lot of cam. There's apparently cameos in this where we completely missed because the Pussycat Dolls are in the credits yeah, and we never saw them. I don't remember seeing them at any point. And they were listed as themselves, I believe. So it, they weren't like playing characters. They were just no, themselves. No, they were somewhere, but I don't know where. I don't. But Anna Nicole Smith is in this movie. Yeah. Like I said, this movie reminded me so much of um, Long Shot. Long Shot because there's just so many cameos that make no damn sense. Um, I feel like it. Is there any Eric? Is there any other movies that are gonna be like this along the way? (laughs) I'm not sure what you mean by that. Of course, you're not gonna freaking tell me. None that okay. If you're asking me honestly, are there any other music video like music movies, um, like Long Shot and this? I don't remember. But if you're of the ones I've seen. But if you're asking, are there any other movies that have really weird cameos? Boy, wait till we get to Southland Tales. That's what I'm asking about. I'm trying to do it in a roundabout way. <laughs> wait till we get to Southland Tales. That one's going to blow your mind. Uh, so anyway, at the end of the movie, uh, Uma Thurman's company is saved. Cedric the Entertainer's character loves working with Linda Moon. Linda Moon's character is doing amazing. Apparently John Travolta has proven that he's not only great as a movie mogul, but as a music mogul. 
And uh, the bad guys, Vince Vaughn's character was set on fire. And we don't know if he died, but I like to think he did. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Nick, his partner, is in prison for murdering the hitman. The hitman is dead. <laughs> like all these the good. The Russian hitman is also the dead. Russian. The Russians are either dead or in prison. Yeah. Like two of them are dead, and then the rest were thrown in prison. The ones in the pawn shop. Yeah. Uh, and overall, things are. And of course, uh, the important, the most important aspect, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character is now a full-fledged movie star, as well as cameoing in dance performances and music videos. Yeah, I'm guessing that. His career took off. I'm yeah. hoping so, because I really did like him. Not only that, but I'm guessing that based on the fact that he was dancing in front of the song, maybe the song was probably put in the film. Mm. That's my stretch. Okay. <laughs> That's my stretch. That's your stretch. Okay. <laughs> I have no proof of this, because this is not a real film. <laughs> So uh, so that's pretty much it. Like I said, Longshot is one of those movies that you really can't... Oh, Longshot. Be cool. <laughs> Longshot deserves a watch <laughs> if you lived through the 2000s. Look, 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 both of them are basically the same film. Yeah, honestly. well, this one has better actors and bigger actors. You know what I mean. <laughs> they both uh, are basically the same way, though. Both of these movies are not... Longshot is a worse film. Yeah. But it's more enjoyable as a bad film. Yeah. This movie is not a particularly good film, unfortunately. It's not terrible. I think I give but it a bit more pass than you did. Actors in it. Yeah, I think you're giving it less of a pass than I am. I Hell will yeah. say it's bad. I don't want to prejudge it without seeing the first movie. That's the hard part. I hate. I don't want that's to hold this same, movie accountable. That's not the same thing, though. <laughs> True, but okay. As a standalone movie, it's not very good. But it might be a fine sequel to Get Shorty. I don't know. Um, I would say honestly, though, you could probably skip it, even if you're a big fan. Of, unless you really want to see The Rock play a not terribly effeminate, in most cases, gay man. Uh, this works. I I, re- I don't recommend it honestly. Yeah. I do recommend the music video though. Yes, we will get to the music video right now because Megan's been hard to talk about it. Sorry. In the music video, in the movie, it is mentioned by Vince Vaughn as one of his arguments to keep the Rock on as his bodyguard that uh, he he went ahead and greenlit a movie, a music video for him to shoot. Yeah. And the music video in question is for the song "You Ain't Man Enough." You Ain't Woman Enough to Steal My Man. Yeah. It's a country song, I think from like the 40s. And in this song, uh, The Rock sings the main part in the music video. Yep. And in, in the scene where The Rock attacks uh, Chili Palmer like halfway through the movie in his house, the video is playing. And I assume that was all we we're going to get to see of it. But nope. it turns out this entire video has been was, upload, was, was put on as an extra on the Blu-ray. Yeah. And it even has an opening by, I believe, the director, where he tries to explain that everything that's bad in this is meant to be bad, so please let that go. I think this is funny, but it's not good in any way. Everything is wrong in this. So in the movie, in the music video, uh, he's wearing a flamboyant cowboy outfit, you know, complete with neon red and everything. And the two girls are wearing really bad, skimpy Native American like like from a uh, 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 party shop like yeah, the bad sexy sexy Native American it's offensive as hell because neither of them are actually Native American one's a blonde chick and the other one's I believe Asian yeah I think they were the two they background. were the two girls from the chicks the, yeah the I should, chicks I should clarify the chicks group consisted of Linda Moon and then two other girls and first of all they were all made up like tramps like they were literally bikinis. Bikinis, booty shorts, bikini tops, booty shorts, and then their faces were covered in, like... Drag makeup. Drag makeup. Like, really extreme makeup. Yeah. 
And, um... Which, yeah, that's your own thing, cool, but, like, clearly they were done to look trampy. Yeah, they were doing it to comment, I believe, on either music videos at the time where people like, uh... I don't mean to knock her, but, like, the one that was flashing in my head was Christina Aguilera. Because yeah, a lot of her this movies... Yeah, when her song Dirty was out. Yeah, a lot... She was wearing, like, assless chaps with the bikini bottom. And yeah. Bikini top and well, specifically her looking her, disgusting her, as yeah, hell. Specifically her makeup and the way her hair was in oh, that video, yeah, yeah. where it was all colored, but it didn't really make sense, and she just looked—I hate to say it—trampy. She did. <sighs> like I said, I, I'm all for woman dressing like what she wants, but this is clearly what her producer wanted her to dress like. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of female sexual empowerment. I really am. I just don't think this is what that was. This is no. this is sexual exploitation yeah. pretending to be female empowerment. Yeah. So anyway, um so Linda Moon didn't want to do it. She was a good singer. The other two clearly can't really sing. They're okay backup singers, but they're not lead singers because there's a point when Linda Moon won't sing and they are and it's terrible. Um, but they're in this video with um, Dwayne Johnson singing the backup for him, still wearing their trampy makeup. Which <laughs> is really funny. And there's a great, like, it's it looks like the cheapest, like, there are YouTube videos that put more work into it than this. They have oh, a, yeah, they a, have a cr- cheap background. A cheap background that looked like it was drawn by a kid. The fucking eagle is the, moving up and down. There's a little cut of an eagle that's just like spread spread with his wings spread that's going up and down because someone's pulling a string on it. There's the ground they're standing on is supposed is basically sand with like plastic cactuses. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be in the middle of the Wild West. And of course, the MVP of this is the tumbleweed. That fucking tumbleweed is the star. Go ahead and explain the tumbleweed. Okay, so you know how tumbleweeds tumble, right? I do. This I know one, that. This one is pulled by string. In yes, but is Big, it big obvious string? Does it roll when it's pulled? No, it moves back and forth. <laughs> and it does not even tumble. It moves back and forth on string. In the background. In, in the, background. the background. Okay. Now, having said all that, I will say The Rock fully committed to singing this. Like he's having he fun is with it. He's having a good ass time, and I appreciate that. And the fact that <laughs> what made me really sad is I realized they're actually aren't that many gay country singers that I'm even aware of, let alone openly gay. <laughs> and this song, like... Lil in the... Nas X is the most recent, and he's not a country singer. He just made a country song, which is actually interesting. <laughs> the thing is that it clicked in my head. This is actually a... This would be a... If this had happened, like a country singer that was gay came out and sang this song, You Ain't Woman Enough to Take My Man, as fervently as The Rock did, like with an actual studio, I would be in full support of it because it's a logical argument. Like if a guy, if a gay guy is dating a bi guy, he's saying to all the ladies, "You ain't gonna take him. I'm. He's in with me." He literally <laughs> says, "Get out of the way, bitches!" In the, <laughs> <laughs> in the music video. <laughs> you can move, bitches. Yeah, it's really fun. And the, Stop the, looking at him. The Rock is fully committing to it, and the song actually would work for a gay country singer. <laughs> Uh, and The Rock's character, as we said, is gay in this movie. It actually, the one thing that bothered me about John Travolta's character is that when uh, Dwayne Johnson showed him his music video, he said, well, maybe you should try singing a song that a man would sing. Which and I'm like, this man? doesn't have to be a man's song. It works perfectly fine with a gay guy singing it. Seriously. And if, this is Hollywood. John Travolta has to know gay people exist. I know. Seriously. <laughs> They've been around since the beginning. John Travolta's character, I should say. I'm sure John Travolta knows uh, but anyway, um, so that was fun. And then it ends 
with a great moment where the, the camera pulls in on The Rock's face and he does the eyebrow raising, which we should mention because we forgot to mention it. It's part of his character. It's part of his character. In every single scene that he can do it, like he, he does the eyebrow, the people's eyebrow, I believe is the term he used when he was in uh, the WWF. Yeah. Where when he first introduces himself to uh, John Travolta in the club where we meet Vince Vaughn for the first time, he raises his eyebrow to advertise. And then when he attacks John Travolta and does his um, shows his music video and shows his um, uh, his his uh, his what's it called monologue yeah. where he plays both of the characters and bring it on, which was great. <laughs> um, he um, he also he John Travolta at the end he goes show me the eyebrow before you go and he goes mm. and then in this music video he does the eyebrow at the very end. at the very end he saved it for the end like a true professional. <laughs> Got to end on a high note. That music video is on YouTube. I think like two different people have uploaded it. If you have a chance, watch it. It's "You Ain't Man Enough to You Ain't Woman Enough for My Man" with Dwayne Johnson. Type that in in the in the search. I swear to God, you'll it's, find it's, it. It's worth the watch. It is one. It's one of the few times a director tried to make something intentionally bad so bad it's good that actually worked, which yeah. is really rare. Yeah. But I think it mainly works only because The Rock is so into it. Like, yeah. he's trying so hard to actually sing this song. Because he knows his character would feel that way. Like, yeah. his, his character would feel like this he's is his so big moment. He's so deeply in character. Yeah, his character would feel like, this is my big break, I have to try. So he tries, and it's just so pathetic. Because everything around him, it just looks terrible. <laughs> it's so sad. But it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so that is Be Cool. Um, definitely one of the weaker movies we've watched. Um, yeah. It's a toss-up between whether or not this or Walking Tall was a less enjoyable experience. Yeah, it really is. Because, like, I'm, I'm still trying to decide which one has more good in it. And this was literally the last... Walking Tall was literally the last movie we saw. Yeah. Because it's hard... Walking Tall, I think, is less has less bad... But it also has a lot less good. Yeah. That's the problem. It's just bland. It's not fun. And half the reason I like Walking Tall at all is because of the the original movie was it led me to the original movie, which is really good. Yeah. Especially for its era. That was an interesting movie. Yeah. By the way, that movie, which came out in the seventies and actually deals with race relations, only has the N word used once. This one movie has it used at least five times, (laughs) which is really uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) But um, this movie's an uncomfortable watch, and I think that's part of the reason why I might like it less. mm -hmm. Because I know there is more good in it, but there's also just the bad is just bad. So uh, I guess that's it for um, for our review of Be Cool. Uh, we are going to try to come back to this every week unless things get take another downturn for the worse. We just don't have the energy or the right mindset for it. Again, we're yeah. not trying to diminish what's going on in the world. We're just trying to add a little bit of happy, a little bit of enjoyment to it. Um, next week we're going to do Doom, uh, followed by Southland Tales, and then after that. We're going to do a little fun side project that doesn't have to do with Dwayne Johnson at all, but we're going to have to see whether or not we're going to actually do that or not. I'm hoping we do. Yeah, but it, it's it, going to be a surprise. It's going to be a bit of a surprise. We'll talk about it after Southland Tales. But uh, next week is Doom. I'm actually kind of looking forward to rewatching that. I don't remember I not hating it. it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it was pretty bad. I've heard it was, I heard it was bad if you like the Doom franchise, which I've never played any of the Doom games. I know about the Doom games. But I know of them. I just never played them. Um, I, I, we will talk a little bit about the Doom franchise when we get there. Um, and then we're either going to do, I think, um, we wanna, I, by the way, I lied. 
I did go ahead and buy a PS2 so we can do uh, the 2006 Spy Hunter game. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it looked like a lot of fun when I, I watched a couple playthroughs of it. I was like, I gotta, we got to play through that and do a review gotta of it. Got to try it out. Got to try it out. So we'll, we'll, I'm not sure if we're going to do that first or after because it, it comes out around Southland Tales and Gridiron Gang and we want to do our little weird thing. We're going to be that the surprise somewhere in there. Well, well, maybe we'll do it after Gridiron Gang. Or maybe, like that, maybe before Reno nine one one. We'll put it on a little wheel and spin it. <laughs> <laughs> That's or, a red letter or, media reference or, if you don't know. Or we'll do dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll figure out what we're gonna do. Um, having said all that, this movie isn't terrible, but it's not great. I, I'm probably not gonna keep it. I'm not, I doubt I'll ever watch it again. Yeah, just no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they had a close-up feature on The Rock. We should have watched that at least. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the extra features. It's got a close-up featurette on... Well, Celtic. maybe we'll watch that and discuss it next time. And yeah. Then, like, well, it's got a close-up featurette on Andre 3000, a close-up featurette on The Rock, mm-hmm. close-up featurette on Cedric the Entertainer, and a close-up featurette on Christina Milan. Milian. Okay. So maybe we'll do those just to get them out of the way. Yeah. Um, and then, because a lot of those people I do like... Uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys themselves. I hope everybody um, didn't miss us too much. If we have anybody listening to our podcast, I still think we have nobody, but just on the off chance. Um, yeah. Everybody out there, stay safe, stay healthy, keep uh, keep up your masks and hand washing. COVID's still a thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully all the turmoil we've been through over the past, it feels like forever, but especially the past Gosh. four years and specifically the last year. This last year feels like it's been the last four years. This last year feels like it's been a decade. Oh my God. I hope it all leads to something better, though. I hope we actually change things for the better. But that's not what this podcast is about. We're not here to get uber political. No. We're um, here to have fun. <laughs> we're here to have fun. We're here to have fun, Eric. <laughs> we're here to have fun at the expense of The Rock. Uh, is it the expense of The Rock? It's making fun I'm of his I'm admiring movies. him. Yeah, true. <laughs> I will say this is definitely one of The Rock's better performances, given what he was given. Yeah. It's not a great performance, but it's not because of him. No. In my opinion, at least. No. Uh, one other thing I will say about Doom, it is the first time The Rock tries to be legitimately hard as a character. By which I mean, you know, he's a military man, he's trying to play gruff. gruff. Uh, I won't say anything more than that, because I don't want to taint your opinions but it is it is interesting to see because up till now the closest i would say is the, the walking tall and even then he wasn't terribly rough maybe the one before that what was that one uh the one with the, the mugger he was pretty tough as the not, mugger. not the fucking mugger eric the rundown yeah the rundown that was even the- then he was still pretty fun because he was wanting to be a, 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 a sous chef. chef and you know yeah so, yeah, I like that movie, though. Yeah, The Rundown's good. Of all the ones we've seen so far, I think probably The Rundown is one of my favorites from a legitimate standpoint. If we're talking just anything, I would say it's Longshot, because that was just <laughs> that so was, insane. That was just such an insane film. I mean, I think I like The Mummy Returns and Scorpion King more as movies. But, I had a lot of fun with Scorpion King. But The the Rundown, I think, is the one I'm the most happy with, because I actually wish it would had led to a franchise, because it's legitimately fun. Of all the movies that... <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see, you know? We'll see how this plays out. Um, anyway... We missed you all. We hope you all have a good day. Um, enjoy this. Uh, listen for more Dead Bat podcasts. Like I said, I was on their uh, station a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, they've since had more podcasts since then. Yeah. But they literally caught... I was going to mention it when we did this recording, but then we decided to hold off on it for a couple of weeks. So yeah. it's been a few weeks, but it's still worth listening to. And please listen to them whenever you can, because they're a good podcast. They don't hold back, so do, and they are not t- as nearly as PC as we are with our conversation topics, but they're still good people. Even with my cursing. Yeah, they, they're, they're, pretty un, they're pretty unrestrained. But that's a good thing. It's to their, their positive. Uh, so everything, uh, everybody have a good day. Stay safe, and we'll uh, see you all next time. And this is, until then, this is Eric. This is Megan. And uh, you guys be good out there, okay?